You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. That's me. Welcome to episode 352 of this year wedding planning podcast. We are into our fourth year. I say we, it is I. I like to say we because it makes everyone think that I have a big team when really it's just me and my very patient husband, Richard. And also, I'd like to say a very special thank you to our lovely mods in the Bride Chiller community. You are a fabulous bunch of people who really help to keep our Facebook group tidy, neat and a happy place to be. And also, a lovely thank you to Erica Greenwood Risen. I've just paused then because I know her just as Erica. I don't say her full name very often, but she helps me with the blog and keeping it all swish and gorge. So a very special thank you because we are heading into the very final episodes of this podcast for the year. 2019, already I have recorded quite a few episodes and bam, they're good. And I want to float my own boat, toot my own horn, but I'm very excited. Lots of requested episodes about wedding planning blues. We've got an amazing interview coming up with a fantastic floral designer who is a hoot. Oh, I love talking to him. Also, I'm catching up with a couple of previous guests on the show. Sarah Powell, who you might remember from a couple of months ago. She's a British lovely lady. British, she's a celebrant and a Bride Chiller graduate. She is coming on the show to talk about her post-wedding experiences. Really honest, authentic, just a good chat. Thanks to all who have purchased the Bride Chiller guides and the Maid Chiller Manual. And thank you to the reviews that I'm receiving. The Maid Chiller Manual is only a new book on the market. It's our Bridesmaid Guide. If you are thinking of proposing or whatever people say these days, asking your friends to be a Maid Chiller or a Groomsman Chiller, I haven't got a word for that yet, then I would highly suggest you head to bridechillerstore.com to check it out and just read the lovely reviews. I know I do. Really, really excites me. Today on the show, I wanted to re-feature, not a real word or phrase. I wanted to bring back part of an episode from the past, from yesteryear, not too long ago, actually. I was really excited to receive this voice message from Bride Chiller graduate Claire, who organised a wedding for 400 people for 15000 US dollars. That is a shit tonne of people for not very much money for what you are going to hear she achieved. And I was inspired to replay this podcast because there's been a lot of conversations in the community about budget and what the appropriate budget is for the amount of people. People are saying, I've got 200 people. What should I, what should I spend? And this is like an endless oh, existential question. Sorry about that big sigh. It really makes me feel like that because I see these posts and I get a bit stressed because really it's like the housing market. You, you pay for a house what the market rate is. If you're in a flashy street in the nicest suburb in town, then you're probably going to pay a top dollar because other people want to pay for it and want to live there too. So if it's competitive and, for example, you want to get married in the most flashy wedding venue in town and you want to serve champagne and you want 500 people there, well, not surprising, it's probably going to cost you quite a lot of money. Sticker shock is a huge thing. I know a lot of us start wedding planning and have a complete meltdown when you realise how much stuff actually costs or how much people 
are willing to pay for things, which is absolutely fine. Because really, when it comes down to it, it's great having a conversation on a forum about how much you're paying for what you're doing and how many people you've got coming to your wedding. But really, it's all about what you're willing to pay for something, where you're getting hitched and the compromises that you're willing to make and also what's important to you, what you do not want to compromise on. So these posts, I think, can stress people out because then they're like, you're getting this for what? And really, it doesn't make any difference because if you're getting married in Hobart in Australia compared to getting married in NYC, New York City, it's going to be very different. You could be getting the best wedding ever, no such thing, in Hobart, and then you could be paying the same amount of money for a backyard wedding in New York just because the market is different. New York's a big city, therefore things generally cost more. Hobart's a smaller town, big town, my hometown. So it can be really hard when you see all these prices and recommendations and then basically it, it's like gobbledygook for a lot of people because you can't really compare when you have very different circumstances. So there it is. I think what Claire really hits on the head today is finding the priorities with her family and friends. As you'll hear... Having all of these people, 400 people at her wedding was really important to her. So they needed to work backwards and figure out a way that they could celebrate their day in a meaningful way with all of these people whilst staying in and under budget. She's very inspiring. And I also think if you are struggling with sticker shock or you are... And people are like, what's sticker shock? I I should have explained this before. It's when you get a fucking huge shock when you ask for a price of something and you think it's going to be this price when really it's this price and you're like oh my god give me I need some smelling salts that's sticker shock so it's lovely to see Claire's explanation of how she got around this and also just how much they achieved on such little money really and $15,000 is a lot of money but a little money in comparison to what you could spend on that sort of wedding I really hope you enjoy. I've enjoyed re-editing this and just learning from Claire and thinking, God, she's a great gal. I'd like to be her friend, as I'd like to be all of your friends. We are friends. We're friends. Okay, we're friends. Here's the episode. I would like to invite bride chiller Claire onto the show. She's left me an amazing voice message. She is planning a wedding on a budget. And damn girl, she has got so many ideas and she's perky and fun. And I really enjoyed listening to her voice message. And I'm going to enjoy sharing it with you because I know that there's lots of things that she provides, lots of tips and inspiration that she can give you. And I think one thing we always sort of forget, well, we can forget when we're looking at wedding blogs and forums, uh, all those sort of places, is that a budget doesn't necessarily mean you're being cheap. I say this over and over again. I think it's really important to have a number or a figure in your mind that you can stick to. And a wedding budget can mean you're spending a hundred grand, or it can mean you're spending one thousand dollars. It it's doesn't, you know, it's relative to what you value and what you can afford. So I think we can all learn from these tips and inspirational moments. And really, no matter what your actual budget is, I think you can always find ways to tweak and save money and then siphon it off somewhere else. 
I am so inspired by people that say, oh, I saved $1,000 on this, but that means we could have this. Or we, we saved all this money and no one noticed. I think that's the real magic of wedding hacks and budget tips is when your guests do not notice. And like so many aspects of wedding planning, there are so many things that your guests will never remember and that we focus so crazily on these details that aren't necessarily things that people will even notice on the day. You'll notice but um, they won't. I just want to have a little quick call back to last week's episode about the forums, the wedding forum stuff, and uh, thank you for your feedback about that. I did want to make one more comment about something I didn't really mention is that, you know, I think when people say nasty shit, if they don't earn your respect and to give you your, their opinion, then it shouldn't matter anyway. It just bothered me that I hadn't included that very simple uh, viewpoint of wedding forums, forums in general, is that if they're going to be jerks, then you don't have to listen to them. It doesn't, you know, they're obviously not giving you any amazing insights into what you are asking. Then just fuck them off. Who cares? Right. Let's crack on to the first part of Claire's voice message. Hi, Alicia. It's Claire. I'm calling in with my budget wedding tips uh, that you called for in an earlier episode. Um, I am planning a wedding with 400 invited guests uh, in four months on about $15,000. Realistically, we, we might get up to 20, um, but we're trying to keep it under 15. Do you see why I like this gal? She's planning a wedding for 400 people. I don't even know 400 people, but good on you, Claire, for having that many people in your crew. And it's for 15 grand. You're amazing. I want to hear how you're doing it. I know that sounds bonkers. It sounds totally bonkers, but I'm stubborn and impatient and I'm going to make it work. Dang it. Um, for us, what's been, so here's, I just want to share the things that have been really helpful for us because originally, you know, I think a lot of people are like scared by the idea of planning a wedding because it is a huge thing. And once you price out the cost of an open bar and a DJ and a gourmet plated meal, like it's so, it can be so much money again, depending on where you are. The people, I think, are like, oh, God, like, we can never afford to get married. I mean, that's what I thought. We can never afford to get married. Uh, and, you know, ah, like, we should just hide and, like, go to the courthouse and not do anything. But uh, I I really feel like everyone's situation is different, of course, but I, I just want people to know that it's okay and like you can have a fun nice wedding and it not cost you like a total arm and a leg and it'll be okay and really the only thing you have to have to get married is an officiant and a license and that's negotiable in some states so you know like I think no one's gonna say I'm sorry you can't get married because you don't have like a seating chart like that's not gonna happen so that's what I've been trying to keep my sanity throughout this whole process um anyway yeah down to down to nitty-gritty how are we doing 15k 15,000 us dollars for 400 guests well the first thing the piece of the best piece of advice we got so far was uh to number one set our priorities and figure out what is most important to us and then like do the minimal amount of work and money um on the other stuff so for us it was really important to have all of our people there we didn't want to cut the guest list like drastically. Uh, there are people who didn't make it on, but 400 people, you know, you can get there pretty quick if you have a lot of local friends and huge families and a church that you want to invite. We're inviting our whole church. Uh, so how? But so it's more important to us to have 
those people there and celebrate with them in some way um, after witnessing the ceremony than to have, you know, a live band and to have uh, a fancier venue than the one we have. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, And then figure out, okay, knowing the people we're going to have, what can we afford to do for them and then go from there rather than plan it backwards and think okay if it, if food for example is super important that I might want to spend uh more money on catering and then limit the guest list from there so it's really just up to you um and then the next thing is to be flexible and creative um and be a satisficer which I don't know if you've heard of this, it's like the idea that people who try to maximize every single decision that they're making, like stress out over everything, um, and think, but what if like there's a better centerpiece maker out there and I can get it cheaper for 50 cents? You, you know, not don't try to maximize every decision. This leads back into having priorities, like just decide what you want and then and what you can afford and then pick from there and then if free decor comes your way for example um just take it and figure out a way to make you know white paper lanterns work when you had pictured a soft you know uh like candlelight and i don't know hydrangea centerpieces whatever okay i have got to jump in because firstly isn't Claire like she should just host this show on her own this week because it's great the the stuff she's saying is amazing and can we just go back to the idea that Claire is planning a wedding for 400 people in four months for hopefully under 15 grand girl needs a gold medal for even saying she's attempting that let alone I think as we're going to hear is actually achieving that goal so for me straight away I trust this woman I trust her but I want to go back to the concept of a satisficer I had to stop and google when I was listening to this message for the first time like well I don't know what that is I don't know so you look it up it's satisficer as in satisfy with I-C-E-R and I'm going to read just a little Uh, quote a Wikipedia where I get all my life knowledge which is troubling Um, there's a there's a book called the paradox of choice by Barry Schwartz where he argues that satisfies satisfies tend to be happier than maximizers maximizers must spend a lot of time and energy to reach a decision and they're often anxious about whether they are in fact making the best choice I can't believe I haven't heard of this before because, to be honest, it's such a key facet of being a bride chiller that I am ordering this book immediately from Amazon. So often when people are trying to save money, they end up spending, and I am so guilty of this, so I don't want anyone to think I'm lecturing because I am like the key chick in this whole whole paradox, uh, that you spend four and a half hours on Amazon or eBay or Gumtree or one of these things trying to find something that will save you 23 cents. And then you go, well, is the four hours that I've spent trying to drive this price down actually a legit use of my time? Or should I have just bought the thing that's 23 cents more and just moved the fuck on with my life? And I am the queen of tired arseness. I love getting a bargain, but I also, as I get older and realize the time is running out, we've got to maximize our actual lifetime uh, of using our, our time in a valuable way. I heard someone refer 
to, uh, it was in a business podcast, you know, I love a podcast, obvs, and they were talking about being a time millionaire. They're like, if you could give the gift of anything, the, you know, fuck reality, what would it be? And he was saying time, we all are time poor. And to be honest, it's not being a millionaire isn't about cash. It's about having extra time to do what you want, to be able to choose the way that you spend your time, not just going to work and feeling bad and sitting on the tube. Blah, blah, blah. So to me, the idea of wasting, which is why I love and why I had to just jump in now, Claire, and say, let's all just think on this concept a little bit. Um, the idea of wasting time trying to save minimal amounts of money, but spending heaps of time doing it, it doesn't really add up. So I'm so glad you said that, Claire, because I'm always guilty of this and I need to just get out of it. But I know running the Bride Chiller podcast and also having a full-time job and being married and being a general human, which I try and be a good human. I really do. But when I look at my day and I go, I just want to, I want to be able to provide value to you, Bride Chillers and Groom Chillers. I want to be the best Bride Chiller host humanly possible. I want to be the best wife and partner. I want to be the best TV watcher. (laughs) That shouldn't be my priorities, but you know, I love TV. And then I work in TV in the day and it's like, how do I use my time to the best capacity? And it's just taken me a while to realize that it's just probably worth downloading that plugin or paying someone to do a job or whatever. Because to be honest, I would rather be spending time with friends or being able to write back to you or recording better quality podcasts than trying to save five bucks by doing something myself. Okay, that was my little rant, but I'm so happy that that Claire has opened my eyes to this concept and have given it a name as well, because I think that... Uh, it's really valuable for us. A satisficer. I'm going to put some links in the show notes uh, to this idea and also keep reading books, ordering books off Amazon, which I'm going to have time to read one of these days. Anyway, um, but yeah, stuff like stuff like decor and stuff, of course, is not going to be your biggest expense. Um, as I have learned, crunching many numbers, your biggest two things, it seems that weddings cost you are the people food and drink for all the people you invite and then the places where those people are so weddings are about people places and things like we're in kindergarten um and so what's helped us save a ton of money is being flexible on the places because the people were basically non-negotiable like we had to have all the people um but we didn't care so much like where it was so what we're doing is we are members of a church and our church uh host as members we can have our wedding there the ceremony and the ceremony and the use of the space for free which is absolutely amazing um and only possible through the generosity of you know the congregation and everything um but so we are using the free gym rather than the garden pavilion that was going to cost seven thousand dollars to rent and the just just for the space not for tables or chairs or food just seven thousand dollars to be in the space on a saturday which is crazy um so yeah being being flexible and creative and thinking about non-traditional venues like you know the fellowship hall or wherever uh, for you in your particular situation can really help you save a lot of money because not having to spend multiple thousands of dollars on a venue um, has really allowed us to put more money into making sure we have 
a real we can we can get a gourmet you know cake a really big fancy tiered cake for all of our guests um speaking of guests the other thing we were flexible and you know trying to be creative about was what exactly food and drink are we serving these people uh we you can't unless you've tell me if you have found a caterer who can do this <laughs> but it you know it's it's really hard to make a full meal work for 400 for 400 guests um or even 300 guests uh on this budget so what can you do instead and our social circle it's not unusual to have a what's referred to as a cake and punch reception which is where you have an afternoon ceremony and then everyone mingles after for some dessert and snacks and maybe there's a little music and people chat and then it's nice and short and sweet and you know you get to say hi to everyone and that's it it's not a huge stressful like event in theory um, so what? We, so that's what we're doing. We're having um, really awesome cake and then some savory little snacks and, you know, some games and stuff. And it'll just be, it won't be as in this, you know, huge, long, all night long party, but we'll get to celebrate with our people, which again was our number one priority. Um, we have not, I will preface all, I should have said all this at the beginning. We are still in the beginning of planning. This is the plan. We'll see how it goes. I'll call back and three months and let you know um again i will say even if this is the plan i feel like you know the claire has really thought this through and what i respect and admire with bride chillers and groom chillers that ring in with these sort of you know these very on point themes plans ideas they know what's important to them i think the big thing that claire keeps ringing home and the thing i'd like you to think about for your homework today my people is are there things on your list that just don't have meaning to you and not even not meaning the things that you're putting on the list and paying for that you don't really need that no one will notice that no one will really care about are there a couple of things you could remove from your plans that then you could add a couple of extra guests in do you need to feed everyone and I don't mean just not feed anyone at all, but like Claire's saying, is there an alternative where you can have extra people or spend less money and uh, not necessarily have a sit-down meal? If that isn't a part of your plan, if that's not what's important to you or necessarily uh, affordable for you, well, think of alternatives. My lovely friend Joy, I've said this before, her, she and her husband Mark love fine cuisine. They love restaurants. They love going out. And I remember she came to me and said, well, we were invited to her wedding, which was great. But she sort of said, look, I don't want 150 people there. I'd rather spend the money that we would spend on 150 people treating our friends and family, like 30 people, to a shit hot, amazing meal. And we went to um, one of the most stunning restaurants in Sydney, and it was such a treat. Like, this is still one of the best meals I've ever had in my whole life. But the fact that they went, you know, we want, what is important to us is the sit-down meal, a really stunning sit-down meal in one of the most beautiful – it was in Sydney Harbour. Like, we could see from our tables the Opera House and the Bridge. I've just never been in a place like that. And it's memorable, and it meant something to them, and – that's always stayed with me, her her real commitment to that idea. And no, they didn't get it for cheap. And I'm sure they have wonderful memories of that meal too, but it was really important to them that they did it. So I really respect Claire saying, yeah, we want the 400 people. But by doing that, 
it's pretty hard to get a sit down meal on a budget for 400 people and get that happening. But that wasn't necessarily the top of their priorities. Respect. There'll be more of Claire, fabulous bright chiller Claire, who deserves a bright chiller gold medal, which I will be finding for her uh, after this very short break. Bride Chiller Claire is sharing her amazing tips on how to save some coin and most importantly some time, finding your priorities, deciding what is important to you, what is not, what you can achieve on the budget you have without compromising too much and uh, it's a great listen. I'm so delighted that she took the time to share all this amazing knowledge with us. She's being so open and I love that she is still on the planning journey and I can't wait to hear her update. So let's keep going. I know she's got a lot more to say. What I did was we decided to get a Costco membership because it should pay for itself. You know, even just ordering the invitations, we saved enough to pay for the membership fee and that was awesome. Um, I went into Costco and I looked at all of the things that we might be interested in serving. Um, Little, you know, prosciutto rolls and cheese, like how much does cheese by the pound cost? You know, what are their water crackers priced at? All that, I wrote it all down and I figured out the serving size for each, you know, thing and then priced it out. Like, okay, how much does uh, how much is goldfish per serving? How much is are the shrimp, is the shrimp platter per serving? And then from there we're gonna work, based on those unit prices, uh, and you know put together a menu from there that will come in at a reasonable cost per head for all of our guests. So we're not you know just buying a bunch of uh, I don't know uh, trays from the supermarket and hoping you know we don't run out. Um, and just figuring out the most cost effective things that we want to serve. Uh, that, you know, we still be happy, that people will still want to eat, um, uh, but that will not totally break the bank for us. So really breaking it down, looking, doing the math on our um, appetizers has helped us kind of narrow down like, okay, we can't afford shrimp. Maybe we can afford some prosciutto and mozzarella and caprese skewers or something. Um, what else? And, and the last thing, um, which is probably the biggest thing was, lean on your community like since announcing our engagement it's only been like a month we've had so many amazing people come out of the woodwork and say uh you know hey like I'm so happy for you um let me know any way I can help you know and that sort of general thing is awesome keep a list of those people we're gonna call them the day before the wedding to say hey you want to come set up some tables and chairs um for for some pizza and hopefully they'll say yes um and we've had other people offer to gift us their time to you know run sound for the ceremony to play music to once someone volunteered to set up to take care of all of the food for the reception is the finger food reception as long as we just uh decided we just uh, paid for the food itself which was amazing um we have some really amazing people in our life um and just things like that and people a lot of um people we know who have gotten married recently have said hey can do you want some wedding decor because this is lying around my house taking up space and i'll give it to you or sell it to you for cheap so definitely look into those options consider buying reused um i'm part of an online group of local women who are engaged or just married and they're constantly posting things hey I've got these gold chargers 
you know, you can have them for 10 cents each or, you know, so taking, um, tapping into people, talking to people, asking people who've gotten married, Hey, what are your tips? Like, where did you, where is your venue? Do you have anything you're looking to get rid of and see what you can make work? Um, and that's where again, being flexible and creative and resourceful really comes in to help. Um, and yeah, I mean, there've been, I have so many friends get married and I said, Hey, let me know if I can help. And I like, I really want to, you know, do some DIY stuff. And then they never call me. And I, you know, of course, maybe they don't want to impose, but I know for myself, at least I really love wedding stuff, obviously. And I would be more than happy uh, to help to help out a friend for a few hours and, you know, spend some time with them and take some stress off their plate. So, um, for us, at least it's been a a huge relief knowing, okay, we don't have to pay a staffing company to come in and hang up all our decorations or, you know, wait tables at our, you know, we can really, we, we have a lot of people we trust. Um, so any, any part of that, you know, you can, if any part of that is helpful, um, hopefully, you know, maybe think of people you don't know, you ha- you don't know too well people who are acquaintances, um, you know, who are enthusiastic and want to help and like take advantage of them. Cause I, you know, the whole do it together spirit, I think is, I hope is going to make our wedding really special and fun for people besides just us. And uh, hopefully also take some stress off our plates, figure out what's really important and spend on that and then ignore the rest and, you know, figure out creative ways to bring down your costs to feed your people and your costs to house your people. Um, other free, you know, just get creative with venue ideas. Do you have, if, you know, you don't have a free place of worship like we do to like that just, you know, lets members use its space, you know, maybe you can call in a favor at work or ask a friend or family member with property. I have friends who've done that. Um, those are going to be your biggest two uh, sources of help are getting those two costs cut down. Because that, you know, yeah, it's great to save money on table numbers, but they're such a tiny part of your budget overall that, um, you know, it it helps, but it's not going to make or break your budget, I don't think, anyway. Uh, Maybe you don't serve finger, you know, if we we didn't have parental help, we would be serving probably uh, some a little cute cake from Whole Foods and some, I don't know, some sparkling punch and that's it. No finger foods, no, you know, maybe, maybe if you're people, I don't know, you know, you can vary whatever plans uh, to fit your budget. Oh, and the last thing, um, okay, number three was, of course, like lean, ask your people for help. You're inviting them to your wedding. Hopefully they want to help out because they love you. Um, and then the very last thing was, so we're having this huge, you know, cake and punch thing. And maybe you want something, uh, something more intimate after. Like, so that's what we're doing. We're having um, essentially a second rehearsal dinner after the cake and punch reception. And we are going to a restaurant that has a private banquet room and we've made, we have, you know, a pre-selected menu and people will order from that. And that will give us a little bit of time to, to spend quality time with family members who are from out of town or, you know, friends from college who don't know anyone else like those, so that it's not all just a huge, big, you know, 
group um, and you don't feel super rushed to say hi to everyone. You have a little more time with some people, hopefully. That's our plan. We'll see how it pans out. Um, And I will say that the restaurant, having, we could have cut the afternoon cake and punch totally and just had the restaurant dinner and that still would be less expensive than a lot of the um the venue rentals I was looking at so consider consider restaurants um for if you want to serve a full meal and you don't have a gigantic group of people um because then you don't have to worry about you know coordinating table rentals and you don't have to coordinate with a caterer you don't have to coordinate with a bunch of a bunch of different vendors you're just going with one one vendor and probably you know the cost is comparable um, and much less stress so if you're planning a a less expensive wedding on a short timeline uh you know that is an option so uh, i've just talked forever i'm terribly sorry (laughs) alicia feel free to edit this however you want um but I just wanted to call in and share because, like I said before, you know, it's if if you want to get married, like we did, we just really, just really wanted to get married. Like that's all we wanted. The rest, you know, is gonna be fun and awesome, and we're really excited. But it, you know, I we didn't want to be held back by trying to host this huge, hugely, hugely expensive day. Um, not that the day is going to be expensive. Weddings are expensive. It's kind of just oh, how it goes. Be creative. Be flexible. And if people tell you that they don't like your plan, well, unless you... I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about that. I'm still figuring that out. Ugh, now I'm blathering. Okay. Goodbye, Alicia. Thank you so much for the podcast. Um, everything I know about weddings I owe to you, um, to your podcast, and to A Practical Wedding, who you've had on your podcast. Not so far... Not so in the past um blurg okay bye also 10 points for claire using blurg my very favorite 30 rock sign of frustration oh claire thank you so much for sharing that i know that so many people are out there planning weddings for 50 people and are far more stressed than you are i think your bride chilliness should be spreading like wildfire flower what a lunatic I am. No, it's just really great. The points that you've made, especially I look, I even going to the point of going to Costco and looking at the appetizers and not just buying trays and trays of shit that you don't need. You're thinking about how many people might put in their mouths. You're thinking about distribution of time. I love the restaurant stuff. I think it's really good. And we must all take note. If you feel like you can't cut the guest list down, but you want to have well like Claire is having 400 people but then you're like actually we can cut it down and have a dinner for 25 people later on or at another or the night before or the day after or something you can make that happen be flexible it's all about flexibility and it's all about saying no to the idea that we have to do things a certain way your wedding is your day to spend your money or whoever's paying for it in whatever way you want and I think we need to start breaking the shackles of the way that people say we have to do it and just do whatever the damn hell we want the end current day alicia here just checking back in hope you enjoyed the episode i loved listening back to claire and uh, doing a lot of power punches to some of the kick-ass ideas that she shares in today's show i just wanted to say to everyone if you are listening in the current period 
if you were listening when this show goes to air, it is Christmas Eve when this show goes out. And I just wanted to wish everyone a very safe and happy Christmas and holiday period. Happy holidays. And uh, I hope wherever you are, you are warm, safe, or not too warm, Aussies and New Zealanders. And I'm so looking forward to the coming year on Bride Chiller and also possibly, oh God, Rich will kill me for saying this because I commit to too much shit. We are hoping to launch a secondary podcast. I've talked about this four million times, but I feel like this is the year and uh, we will be talking a little bit more about that podcast in the Bride Chiller community. I want to hear your feedback. This won't be a wedding related show. We want to have somewhere that we can all graduate to listening to more general chiller chat and really have somewhere we can share some of the post-wedding stuff, careers, life, relationships, all the other shit that we have to deal with and be empowered to deal with it. Gosh, positivity, please. There you go. There's a creepy whisper for you to finish. Thank you so much for your support and encouragement. It's been a fantastic year four or third year moving into our fourth year. I'm ahead of myself, of Bride Chiller. And uh, if you are looking for more episodes to enjoy, to be inspired by, and to hear my silliness, simply search for Bride Chiller wherever you get your podcast, probably wherever you found this podcast today, and you will find over 350 episodes of this show to enjoy for freezies. Until next episode, I wish you all a very safe and very happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? 